The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness. And on every episode of this show, we are going to uncover the secrets to being superpowered and being the superwoman you are meant to be. Joining me today is Neely Fisher. Neely is the founder of The Flexible Chef and author of the upcoming book, The Food You Want for the Life You Crave. As a mother of four, home chef, a yoga teacher, a world traveler, and a wellness entrepreneur, Neely's mission is to inspire people around the world to live their most vital vibrant, and crave-worthy lives. Welcome to the show, Neely. Thank you so much. Well, I am thrilled to have you on here. I love to cook, but I call myself a messy cook or uh, a very spur-of-the-moment cook. There's not going to be anything gourmet or fancy that you're going to get from me, but hopefully it'll be healthy. It sounds like you're sort of in that world as well. How are you redefining the word chef and really making it applicable to all of us out here who are just trying to eat healthy? Right. Well, I would say that being a messy chef can totally be in the same category as being a flexible one because the whole idea is to ditch perfection in the kitchen and do it the way you need to do it for the lifestyle that you lead, not somebody else's way. Um, And the whole concept of chef is, you know, all about doing it your way, understanding some basic rules, getting yourself kind of organized, understanding, you know, obviously you can't boil pasta unless you... (laughs) <laughs> like, know how to boil the water, which is pretty simple. You know, the simple rules of whatever right. it is. And then right. doing it your way, just like, just like a chef would do. And, you know, my whole, the whole concept of chef, um, you know, can, take, can be taken out of the kitchen into all areas of life. You know, li- listening to what you know to be true versus what everybody else is saying about the topic, whether it's popular media or the latest diet craze. And it's really just about following your own path. I love that. So what are some easy ways to kind of, okay, so here's what I experience all the time, the kitchen and the person. There's almost like this massive divide. I almost want to play that, that music clip where you just hear like, dun, dun, dun. Like it's just daunting. It's intimidating. It feels like uncharted territory. And this is true across the board. I'm finding it's true whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're retired, you know, or you're feeding, you know, four to six people like you probably are. There's just this Thing like void when it comes to how to enter the kitchen. You know, for that person who's out there listening today and really wants to take this into their own hands, what is your advice to them? How do they get into the kitchen? First of all, I guess it's uh, ditching the idea of perfection, but what would what would be a next great way to kind of dip their toe in the water? Yeah, I mean, Google is everyone's best friend these days. There is just anything you're looking for, a quick tutorial, I mean, how to cook. I mean, all these questions can just be typed in and you get like a two minute video. And right. I, mean, I still Google things like, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not a gourmet chef. And I, you know, sometimes don't know how to do a lot of things like how, you know, how to feed a pomegranate and you just, you know, watch it for 60 seconds. So I think that's really interesting. And you can even follow along, um, like quick cooking tutorials. Um, you know, you could also cheat a little bit on your way at the beginning, like, buy a rotisserie chicken and maybe make a quick salad and throw it on top and you can have made yourself a homemade meal, but it's kind of, you know, half store bought, which Mm -hmm. I, by the way, still do. Um, You know, I think that the whole thing is like getting comfortable with, you know, putting on a meal in your home, however you do it. And also being okay with it, not being, you know, 
massively complicated. You know, getting some, getting a chicken that's already been cut up and, you know, dumping a, even a, I don't know, a ready-made sauce on top or a barbecue sauce and popping it in the broiler and, hmm. you know, just Googling how many minutes it needs to be in there for. So it could be really simple. And, you know, I think also thinking about the kind of food you want to eat at home, like not having some idea of what you should be doing, but, you know, whatever you're going to go out and eat for dinner, right? Like when I go out to a restaurant, I always know, you know, like tonight I'm going to have salmon or whatever. So knowing like what you want to eat and then figuring out how to make a really uncomplicated version at home. So, okay, you've got four kids, right? So I'm assuming you're feeding those guys all the time. And I really want people back in the kitchen, by the way, because here's what I'm finding, that even when we're doing our best to be healthy outside of the home, we're still sort of battling to a certain extent, like food additives, preservatives, MSG, you know, dressings and sauces and all these other things. So the more we can master the art of like cooking within our kitchens and, and being flexible as you're, as you're advising, I just think the better off we're all going to be. And so I've let go of that whole idea of perfection in the kitchen a long time ago. And I am a quick cook, um, a fast cook. I can make probably five things within 30 minutes and have them set, but, but nothing is going to be super fancy, but you know, what are your top, you know, for somebody almost thinking of you or me where we're busy, you know, what are like the top five hacks that you found kind of work every time you can hand these to somebody? You gave us a couple already, you know, using rotisserie chicken, buying meat that's already cut up. So you're not having to do those work, do that type of work. What else would you tell the audience? What are maybe five other like easy things they could do that maybe they're just not thinking about when it comes to getting back in the kitchen? Yeah. First of all, I, I just want to, what you said about bringing bringing cooking back because you just we're so much more conscious when we make it ourselves right like even if a recipe calls for half a cup of sugar you know you look at it and you're like really half a cup of sugar in a salad dressing which like has happened to me before it's like are you kidding Mm -hmm. why though and then you go oh wait but if i add like two tablespoons of it it'll also sweeten it just fine and yeah so anyway it does it makes you so conscious about what you're what you're eating um so i'm totally agree with you on that um let me see i mean I'm a big fish fan, um, so obviously trying to get a highly well-sourced, wild-caught salmon, let's say. Um, but just buying your fish ready-made, you can tell them to like fillet, you know, fillet it and keep the skin on, and even cut it into pieces. My favorite way to make it is just to sear it in a pan with a little olive oil, sprinkle it with salt and pepper, and get it like really crispy on the edges, and then take it out of the pan and drizzle it with a little lemon juice. I mean, I could literally eat that like every, like you shouldn't eat it every night, but I could eat it every night um, for dinner. And then just serving, even just serving it with like a salad and homemade salad dressings are my complete obsession and they're actually hyper easy to make. I keep them in little glass bottles in the fridge and so a salad is always just a a chop away. Um, Okay, so that's my first one. I mean, I mentioned, uh, I mean, obviously it's not ideal from a health standpoint to get jarred dressings, although you could get some pretty good quality stuff at the health food store. Like if you didn't want to make a marinade, you really could find something that that we could agree on, let's say that's good for you without all the additives, et cetera. But you could also literally just drizzle it with some olive oil, maybe a little tamari, tons of garlic. Mm-hmm. You can throw some vegetables in there. Um, it's all, I, I like using a cut with the skin on because it just tastes better and you, then you get all the juice. You don't have to add other things to make it taste delicious. Um, and then just, I put it in a really high oven, like 400, 450, and then just crisp it and flip it and like 
that's it. I don't know. Super simple. Wow. Um, yeah. My other go-to veggie options. Um, everybody that reads my blog knows I'm obsessed with cauliflower. Yes. So I make loads of different cauliflowers. I make a raw cauliflower recipe. I have a cauliflower tabbouleh recipe coming out in the cookbook. Um, I mean, I just would have that for dinner. Make cauliflower rices, fried rice, Mexican rice, rice pilaf, just using um, cauliflower that you put in the food processor and it acts like rice. Um, throw an egg on top and have a cauliflower rice bowl with an egg. Um, speaking of eggs, you could also just have eggs for dinner, which is another fun thing I like to do. Um, we try not to have super heavy big dinners and mm-hmm. kind of go to sleep on not a very full stomach. And I don't do a ton of carbs for my kids at night, but they're, you know, we get we have like the odd sweet potato and some rice, um, but not a major, major, major staple. So um, we'll even just like have omelets and veggies or some frittatas um, with a soup or something like that. Does that sound easy enough? Yeah, that sounds super easy and easy to implement. Hopefully everybody else uh, feels the same way. And then with your kids, how do you like to get those veggies in? What is your favorite way to, to sneak those into any recipe? Yeah, so many ways. Um, I always say, when I have friends, all of you listening friends, um, Mm -hmm. with picky eater kids, I always say, just send your kids to my house for like three days and I'll get them to eat the vegetables. That's one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) Um, I mean, well, first of all, you you have to make sure they're hungry before they eat them, right? Like I always think if there's a bowl of French fries and some, even if it's deliciously, you know, sauteed, Broccoli, my six-year-olds will still choose the French fries, right? So Mm -hmm. make sure they're hungry because if you just have, you know, if you just have the broccoli out, they're going to be like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to try that then because there's nothing else. So don't put the fries away for now. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the other thing is you want to model that type of behavior that you want your kids to adopt, right? So um, if they see you eating it, I, I don't love to... I don't love to kind of force feed anything down. I don't tell them they have to finish their plate. Um, but if they see you eating it, it might not happen overnight. But eventually, if it's the thing that's around, they'll be more likely to try it, right? So um, the more they're exposed also, to it. They they say like it takes, what is yeah. it, like 21 times of being exposed to something before you your palate kind of adapts to it. So it's sort of like I think a lot of us as parents, we give up after – time one or time two or time three, but it's just that constant repetition. And then they slowly adapt to all of that. Mm-hmm. Can I, do we have time for a, a super yeah, quick story absolutely. on that part? Yeah, I would love to hear. So <laughs> my now 17 year old, um, Ben, when he was little, he's uh, my oldest, he would not touch salad, um, which I guess all you parents listening, like who touches salad when they're three. So fair enough. Um, and so every night before dinner, before I brought the main course out, I would serve salad and, you know, pass it around. Everyone had salad. And, he, you know, I'd say, hey, Ben, would you like some salad? And he'd say no. I wasn't being strategic at the time. It was just what we did. We had salad before the meal. And this went on for like a year or two. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But like a long time. Every night. Ben, would you like some salad? No, thank you. Same thing. One day. I mean, I'm getting the chills because it's just such, it's amazing. One day I said, Ben. Would you like some salad? And he goes, okay, I'll try some. And like in that moment, I'm like, oh, my God. So that's how it goes. You just, you, you just have it available and you keep trying. And one day, I mean, of course, it might not happen, but it can, it, it can happen. So right. be persistent, basically. 
I love that. I love that. Any other hacks for getting veggies into these recipes? Yeah. Other So we've talked, just to summarize for everybody out there listening today, we've, we're talking about getting in the kitchen, not having to be perfect, being messy is what I call it for me, flexible is what Neely's calling it, and ditching that idea of perfection and just sort of having fun with it and using things like anything from rotisserie chicken or, chick, or meat that's already cut up so you're not having to do that work. Uh, introducing veggies to your kids over and over again until they kind of adapt to it. Any other quick tricks that that somebody who's running around trying to be a superwoman uh, can adopt and bring into their day-to-day? Um, yes, gosh. I mean, you know, I, I talk a lot about sneaking vegetables in for kids, but I think it, it is the same for adults, right? Like, it, it's actually hard to consume that many vegetables for people that are perhaps not used to it. Um, so I think like getting them in where you can, we talked about doing omelets for dinner and throwing some veggies in there. Um, you know, if you have picky eaters, you can put cauliflower or peeled zucchini so that you can't even see it. Basically it doesn't really taste like much either, but really like finding ways to get more vegetables in your diet that are yummy and delicious, um, you know, outside of the typical kale salad, um, throwing it into like, I chop up veggies into marinara sauces or like, you know, fold them into lasagnas. Um, put shred it, you know, shred zucchini and carrots into your muffins. Um, it, it also, it not only enhances and enhances them nutritionally, but it also actually, you know, gives flavor and, um, mm-hmm. moisture to the food. And so, you know, just finding ways to consume more of them. That's, those are all great ideas. And then you talk about six ways to healthify any recipe. What would your kind of six hacks mm-hmm. be there? Those are probably good ones. I can't wait to hear these. Yeah, so um, I think any any cookbook you open, you don't necessarily have to follow it exactly the way it was written. It takes some time, right? First couple times, you probably want it so you know what it's saying, what it's doing. Um, but after you've made it a couple times, there's a lot of ways to make it healthier. The first one is to cut sugar, and this is—I mean—it's a huge one, right? Sugar is a buzzword of today. Yes. Really, yes. you could talk about this more than I could from a medical <laughs> standpoint. Um, I'm probably you know, tired of hearing me talk about it. <laughs> so yeah, they're probably people are probably over me talking about it. Like, oh, here she comes again. She acts like she never eats a drop of right, sugar. Right, right. So, but anyhow, yes, right. sugar continues to be uh, enemy number one. So, but uh, how do you right. handle that in a recipe? Like, my general rule is just cut it in half. Do you do something more drastic than that, uh-huh. or? I mean, look, baking is a bit more of a science, so you have to play. I always think that you can reduce the sugar by, like, let's say it calls for a cup of sugar for, I don't know, let's say a cookie recipe. I think you could easily do three-quarters of a cup and not feel a difference at all. And mm-hmm. I think that for certain recipes, you're right, you could probably slash it by half. You'd probably, you'd have, muffins are easier to do because you can kind of handle them slightly more savory. I'm not sure how like a a more savory chocolate cake would taste, for example. But um, Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure I would do half. But, you know, the thing about cakes and cookies and muffins and stuff, like it's not like it's a mainstay or it it ought not to be uh, basic in your diet, right? Like I'm having dessert once a week. So I think if it's like a slice of cake, how many grams of sugar am I really consuming? It's the stuff that creeps in like every meal, in the Mm -hmm. sauces, in the all the things that we don't, so I'm like less crazy about sugar and desserts, but I do think that there are massive ways that you can cut it. I mean, obviously in things like 
salad dressings I mentioned earlier and sauces, you can totally just eat or sometimes even eliminate it, to be honest, because it's, it's in there totally unnecessarily. But, I mean, like anything, you just have to experiment, see, see, see what works. Um, I mean, sugar is sugar, right? So, like, maple, I mean, again, you could talk about this better than I could medically, but maple syrup will do the same thing to your blood sugar levels than as sugar. Um, mm-hmm. But... You could you could always swap certain sugars, although I, I, I do think that sugar is sugar. Do you, do you agree? I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. All right. We probably have time for one more. Yeah. So cutting sugar to maybe half or three quarters. Uh, any other ways to healthify any recipe you touch? Yeah, I mean, look, you could you can always modify the cooking method. So instead of deep frying it, you can pan fry it. Um, you know, in, instead of sauteing something, you can steam it. Um you know, oil is not such a terrible thing, but I think when you cook with it, you have to be a little bit careful. Um, so that's the other one. Gotcha. Okay, good deal. And now if we want to get our hands on some of these hacks and how to put all this into action, I think you've got a book coming out. Is that correct? I do. Actually, pre-orders are starting this. Oh, gosh, I should know this. I think they're starting on the 30th. So in like five seconds, you can check out the website in a couple of days. And um, we have a free book that we're giving away with lots of recipes that didn't make it into the book, but are still amazing. And yeah, it's really exciting. The book comes out April 30th, but it's available for pre-order now. Fantastic. So the book, when it comes out, guys, take a Keep an eye out for it. It's the food you want for the life you crave. That's launching in April, I think, of 2019, but pre-orders are out now. And really, bottom line, I think, from both of us is don't be afraid of the kitchen. Definitely ditch perfection. Uh, Just get in there because at the end of the day, you do have so much more control over the ingredients, the quality of the food you're eating, and you are truly able to cut down on some of the things that are affecting our health, like additives, preservatives, salt, and sugar, just to probably name the top four. Any other parting words, Neely, for the audience? And if they want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, that would be great. I have lots of different articles, like some of the stuff we talked about on my website, theflexiblechef.com. And they can find me on Instagram and uh, get inspired by some simple but drool-worthy foods and some other um, wellness tips and hacks and fitness stuff um, on Instagram with The Flexible Chef. And um, yeah, it's reach out on a forum on my website if I can answer any questions. I'm always around. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And for everybody else out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which is now on Spotify as well. If you have questions about today's show, connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Dr. TazMD. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review and share it with your friends. Until next time.